0: And all my gorgeous listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glow West podcast. We're here to chat all about the delights of sex, sexuality, and the body. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Caroline West, and I'm always delighted to be a part of the Tortoise Shack Network, where you can find tons of content on politics, culture, society, trans rights, and of course, my favorite topic of sex. If you like what we do, please do consider supporting us. Patreon.com forward slash Tortoise really does help. Or if you want to, please pop over to Apple and rate and review. If you want to get in touch about the podcast, the Twitter and Instagram is at Glow West podcast and you can send me a DM there. So we have a very special bonus episode today because it is non-binary awareness week. So yay for having another week where we get to talk all about the delights of sex and gender and all its wonderful um, components, I suppose. Um, And I have a perfect guest to have a chat with me about what it's like to be non-binary today. So I'm talking to Belle, who is a non-binary, bisexual, polyamorous babe slash person who over the last 12 months has stepped into their authentic queerness. Belle is a philosophy graduate and has aims on pursuing a PhD in the future, but is currently pursuing their passion for philosophy through their podcast Fishnets and Philosophy, which you all absolutely have to go and check out. Belle has always been a creative person at heart and enjoys using their creativity to advocate for a full de-gendering of fashion and combat gender norms through their writing, performance art and love of makeup. Bell, how are you? Thanks, Mel, for joining me.
1: I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on and feel very honoured and privileged to be on a podcast I actively listen to. So Aww. thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> no and yeah, I am doing good as well. It is the week that I am perceived as this non-binary awareness. Yes,
0: you're completely <laughs> invisible all the other fifty-one weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep, this is your week. This is your this is your gay Christmas kind of thing. It's like Eurovision. <laughs> Everyone goes. Nuts. Exactly. So tell us about what non-binary is. Non-binaryness is that a word? non ness I, I don't know. I think
1: it's yeah. We'll go with it. it is and now, yeah. so yeah, it is. Yeah, so non-binary the first thing is like non-binary is an umbrella term for any and all gender identities that fall out the typical binary of man and woman and it's like I always like kind of like to think of it as that you know you know you always hear how like gender and sexuality is like a spectrum as in it's like you know this kind of line from man to woman and I'm just like I kind of like prefer the idea of like It's more like this nebulous blob. It's just wibbly, wobbly and wonderful. And non-binary can just look like anywhere in that nebulous blob. And it's just outside that rigid binary. And another thing as well is that non-binary is an umbrella term for multiple different gender identities but it's also can and does fall under the transgender umbrella as well and um, not every non-binary person chooses to identify with the transgender label but it does fall under the overall umbrella because someone has transitioned away from the gender they were assigned at birth and i myself am happy to identify as transgender and non-binary i f- see myself as falling under both camps but yeah so i think that's the main thing is to view non-binary as an umbrella term rather than one specific gender identity and another kind of i guess myth as there is with any myth when it comes to gender identity and sexuality and queerness is that like non-binary is a third gender separate to man and woman which is also not the case because non-binary people can look all sorts of wonderful ways and exist all sorts of wonderful ways.
0: Okay, okay. So that, I can see why people can get confused if they're trying to figure out their identity and and they're going, am I transgender? Am I non-binary? Because I think, I suppose a lot of us would understand them to be very separate, but what you're saying is there's a little bit of overlap and a little bit of similarity going on there. Like, what is that process to be able to go, Oh, I am actually trans and non-binary. How do you how do you even begin figuring that out amongst yourself? Life is hard enough as it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah, it's a as you said, it's a process and it's a journey um for myself. I think it was pushed to the max and sped up because of the whole pandemic, you know, in the sense that I was no longer in social situations. So I was no longer having to perform gender as Judith Butler would say. And so, because I wasn't in these social situations, I wasn't performing. It kind of like was a lot of reflection and kind of made me realize, you know what? I don't actually feel that aligned with man, with the gender of man, the idea of what a man is. I just don't really feel aligned with that. And Yeah just lots of thinking about it and I kind of I knew like for myself and like that's the thing as well with non-binary people like it's it's so personal like as in it you can kind of like have like a more general I guess objective discussion of like say the binary trans experiences and what a trans woman might typically experience or a trans man but with non-binary identities it's so nebulous that it's just every individual is different but for me I knew that I wasn't a trans woman in the sense that I didn't feel any attachment to the identity of woman like that I just knew that womanhood woman wasn't something that was applicable to me but I knew that I loved feeling feminine and being like leaning into my feminine energy and I think no like straight up knowing that I didn't identify with woman helped me realize okay I'm not a trans woman I am not a man though and then lots of like just seeing different like gender non-conforming gender queer people non-binary people like on the internet kind of helped me kind of realize oh that's a thing that's a thing that I I, I like that I, I think I'm feel like um associated with that so yeah that's kind of what it was for me but yeah it's <laughs> every individual is different but I think that's what makes non-binary identity so beautiful because it's Almost impossible to pin down.
0: <laughs> no, that's a that's a good thing. Yeah, and it, it's lovely that you feel confident enough to express yourself as you feel, and, and you've gotten to that point where you're like, "This is me," which is so lovely and, and a f- fantastic thing. I wonder, did you did you ever flirt with the label of gender queer or uh, gender fluid in this in in your kind of process?
1: Yeah. No. When I first um. Uh, came out like in quotation marks like that's a whole like when the coming out as a term I just have never really felt at home with because to me coming out really kind of plays into the whole heteronormativity of society in the sense that you're you have to come out because you're assumed to be something else whereas I prefer to say that I came home to myself, or I've come into myself. Like I've always been this person. I just didn't have the language or knowledge to be able to describe it. So that's for me. Like I know everyone is different, but for me, I always like to do come out in quotation marks. As it, I, it's a term I find it strange. Um, but for me, when I first uh, came into myself, um, it was actually gender queer that I kind of identified with more. And that was also as well because I guess I wasn't that familiar with non-binary. It was very uncharted territory. And at the time I was just like, oh, I just like to, you know, present femme occasionally. So wear women's clothing or do my nails and stuff like that. Things that are typically what a woman does. So that's why I'm genderqueer. Like I'm like I play in both areas. But then the more I kind of like just spent time with myself I kind of realized that even though genderqueer can be applicable it doesn't feel right either because these feelings of just me being me is the same regardless of how I'm presenting so I think that's why I kind of felt more aligned with the non-binary term but sometimes i can use them interchangeably and a lot of non-binary people would as well but um because that's the thing as well non-binary again being an umbrella term it includes people who don't have any connection to the binary gender the gender binary so people who are agender who don't have any connection to gender at all or it also includes people who could be you know 80 (laughs) percent one gender and a little bit another like so it's all encompassing and includes so many different variations of how people exist so I think that's why I do tend to use genderqueer and non-binary interchangeably at times but I identify more as non-binary if that makes sense or
0: (laughs) it takes a lot like there's a lot in that you know for for people who are are new to this like to kind of pick apart and I wonder Mm. about you know you spoke there about the the outward appearance and stuff and I know um one of the most recent examples of a celebrity coming out as non-binary is Courtney Stodden I don't know are you familiar with Courtney she's the name's familiar yeah. yeah she's uh she's she's lived a life she she got married to that dog Hutchinson weirdo pedo guy and when she was like 16 and it was just this horrendous thing but then she adopted this person of like being this like uber sex kitten like so super blonde hair super massive boobs like stripper heels and like this Mm. this very ultra femme kind of you know approach and and she recently came out as non-binary and a lot of people were like but you're so femme like, you, how can you be non-binary when you when you look such like a, you know, a high maintenance femme kind of thing? So what would you say to people who are like, you can't be non-binary if you look like this?
1: Um, yeah, no, that's something that you come across a lot, unfortunately. And I definitely think it's something you come across a lot with people that I would like to classify as those who are chronically online. <laughs> and you see it in a lot of those kind of online spaces, this argument that you have to present a certain way you have to act a certain way you have to look a certain way and that's usually thin and white um, to be considered non-binary so like this idea of what a non-binary person looks like completely excludes the fact that there are non-binary people of color um so which is another huge (laughs) issue in it in and of it but for me the one answer and it's something that i always like you know like a hill I will die on that I owe, you know, is that non-binary people don't owe anyone androgyny. Like, like, again, the beautiful way that non-binary people is, are part of this nebulous galaxy of how gender can look, anyone can be non-binary. Like there's no way that it looks. So someone could present like Courtney Stodden, super high femme all the time still non-binary someone can present hyper masculine all the time still non-binary and same as well like i think that's something that i've noticed um especially again with kind of online spaces is a lot of the way people view gender is kind of about aesthetic and presentation when in fact gender is about how you feel on the inside so you could have someone who is cis and has never questioned their gender but their fashion sense could be androgynous as in that they just like to present androgynously when it comes to fashion and i think that's the confusing thing is a lot of people associate aesthetics and presentation with gender identity which is not the case Uh, yes there is overlap in the sense that someone will choose to present the way that's typically associated with a gender but when it comes to non-binary people we can look any fabulous way and that doesn't negate our non binary um, Yeah, and you know, you make yeah. a
0: lot of sense with that because it's also like makeup and stuff is just like a fun thing sometimes, you know, and I love that you're, you're saying in your bio you, you want to advocate for a full degendering of fashion. Um, and I like that because like makeup is just substances and chemicals and pretty colours and stuff. It doesn't necessarily say anything about the person who is wearing it but our society does make those assumptions like at the moment for the listeners who do not have a visual clue um bell's wearing is it pink or red it's kind of red it's eyeshadow. kind of a
1: reddish reddish yeah. eyeshadow <laughs>
0: but you which is, can be re- uh, read stereotypically as femme but you've also got a mustache which can be <laughs> stereotypically read as masculine so how do people process that when they see that because is, is it like do they just not know what to say? Or it's, it's like, oh, are you a, a stereotypical non-binary person? Like, how do people respond to that?
1: Yeah, well, like, it's tricky because, again, <laughs> given that we are mostly in a pandemic, I haven't really come across a lot of people in the wild <laughs> to kind of yeah. <laughs> experience it. But like, uh, when you mentioned that, when I did, uh, like, kind of first start really kind of coming into myself and really embracing myself, I like I had a full beard like full facial hair and like I always would have these moments and it was always like interacting with strangers and that's why it always kind of just was such a odd feeling but it was the fact that I'd be interacting with these strangers it could be like a delivery driver for food I had ordered or a till person or something like well not a till person because mask but someone I could interact with on the street but I'd be I would be immediately perceived and clocked as a man because our society has this notion that facial hair equals man and I just found that really like frustrating because I realized that oh they're not seeing me as the person I am they're just seeing this version so then I completely went full clean shaven and that was like my first time being clean shaven since like <laughs> I was probably like 20. I've had facial hair pretty much all my adult life. Okay. And like when I did a full, full face of makeup and you know put on one of my dresses, like I really liked the look. But I also was like, it doesn't really feel like me either, because I've always had that identity with facial hair it just feels more me. So then I kind of was like, you know what, I'm going to compromise and keep a little bit of facial hair but then shave the rest and I think that's really helped give me that sense of gender euphoria that blend of I can look like either but it's I saw on a TikTok video and I can't remember the user but it's kind of what helped me come to this like um sense but it's regardless of who I interact with they're never going to see me because of the fact that there is no way to perceive a non-binary person because the way our society is structured is that people are only taught to see a man or a woman. There isn't this idea of just seeing a person seeing like so until <laughs> there's some of massive event where <laughs> society changes overnight, I'm never going to be seen as me until like someone interacts with me and gets to know me. So that's kind of what really made me go, you know what? Screw it. Like I'm not going to kind of worry about how other people perceive me because at the end of the day, that's on them. Like, so if they have a reaction to how I'm presenting, that's not my burden. That doesn't say anything about me. That's nothing to do with me. That's fully on them. And yeah, so I think it's like one of those like strange feelings. It's like both sad that there is no way someone can see me straight off, but it's also almost kind of uplifting and freeing because I can just know that I'm being me and authentically me in every moment. how other people perceive me yeah
0: (laughs) because you're not like I think If we spent all our time worrying what other people thought of us we'd never get anything done but you know I I think like you said to be free of that the confounds of what gender is and you know um, and what we have to look like and and what what looks like a professional at work and all this kind of nonsense and stuff so Mm -hmm. there's something quite liberating in that and I wonder how um the international non-binary awareness week cements that for you is this is it gay christmas for you is it like you know the best week of the year or what work goes on with it
1: (laughs) yeah well like it's interesting like this is actually like my first non-binary awareness week in the sense that this time last year i had accepted myself as non-binary i had started kind of questioning my gender and i was kind of you know leaning more towards I don't think I'm a man but I hadn't really kind of accepted it or had the language or knowledge for it at the time Mm -hmm. so this is like my first non-binary awareness week so it's like yeah it is kind of like I don't know Eurovision gay Christmas everything (laughs) queer and gay combined Um, and yeah so I'm trying to just do as much as I can to just share information knowledge and just share myself and kind of be like yeah this is you know a week this is what non-binary means and just in general it's been really nice kind of like on instagram and twitter seeing a lot of things being shared about it like like that just kind of feels really positive in the sense that there are people who aren't non-binary that are sharing information about it so that's really cool um but yeah like just as a general thing first non-binary awareness week so I'm just enjoying being perceived <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and,
0: and that's you know and I'm really grateful for your your ability to articulate what's going on especially if it's your first one and here you are now in a podcast uh, being the font of all knowledge for um, being non-binary but I suppose let, like let's have a look at some of the myths around it as well I mm-hmm. mean so you know we, we've covered bisexuality in the podcast before on polyamory and we have an episode coming up soon about that again and so you are hogging all the genders you're hogging all the sexualities and you're hogging all the relationship styles so do people get that you know like we're like bisexual people are always called greedy polyamorous people are always called greedy like do you get some of that is it just like you're like at this buffet that you're listless grabbing everything and everyone or you know um, how do people respond to that
1: and um, yeah, like, well, as a general thing, like, you know, non-binary people are definitely kind of just confronted with the whole, oh, just pick a side. Like, you know, that's definitely one of the main types of microaggressions that non-binary people are faced with. And also just general, are you a man or a woman questions from in public, like, from people who, you know, shouldn't care. Or again, and it's something that just trans people who are either binary or non-binary are always coming up against is people just obsessed with what's in your pants and that's just ugh. like what why why are you why do you care why does it matter yeah, <laughs> yeah. i just don't it's understand weird that thing to ask it's people. it's so strange it's so bizarre um but yeah, like, that's kind of, I think, the main one that you would come up against is, oh, why can't you just pick a side? Like, it's just not understanding. But like, just kind of going back to what you were saying, me hogging all the things, like, <laughs> I like to say that I'm incapable of making any decisions because I am non-binary, bisexual, polyamorous, and a switch. So like, oh well, <laughs> then you know hope.
0: wait, what's your star sign? Are you a Libra as well? Because we can't make decisions.
1: No, I'm actually a Sagittarius.
0: <laughs> I don't know anything like that. But yeah, <laughs> no. so okay. So, switchiness as well, it, it's just like having your cake and eat it for all the gender and sex things, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. I think a lot of people saying anything negative about that. I think it comes from a place of obviously a lack of education, but like maybe a sense of jealousy as well that like you're there going, I am out here having a blast, like trying all this shit out and I get to have a good time. And they're kind of maybe stuck in their own box maybe. So do you think it it might come from a place of jealousy?
1: I definitely think so. Like a place of like either like internalized jealousy or envy. Just I definitely think it comes from that place, particularly I think when you see non-binary people who are thriving, who are just living their full authentic selves and presenting how they want and just existing and living and knowing who fully who they are, I think there's definitely a lot of jealousy and envy that hasn't been acknowledged from people that kind of lash out or react in a negative way. Because like uh, you kind of, touched on earlier like um, off of what I said the freedom that kind of comes from stepping outside of those rigid structures of gender norms of the gender binary like I think that's a that freedom is something a lot of people deep down are craving but don't know how to ask for it or haven't even acknowledged that they want it and yeah because Like, that's the thing, particularly within Western society, because that's the thing, like, gender norms are different in each culture and society, but in the global North and Western society, like, gender norms are so oppressive and they negatively impact everyone. Like, even if someone has willingly signed on the dotted line as to what their gender is supposed to do, it still affects them negatively. And it's just, yeah, I just that I think non-binary people just by existing, even if they're not actively like being activists or actively trying to educate others just by existing as themselves helps to combat those rigid gender structures. So that's what I at least hope I can do is if I can like through the stuff that I post on my Instagram or my TikTok or my Twitter, like, if one person who interacts with anything I post kind of realizes, you know what, I actually kind of agree with that, or ends up question like accepting something about themselves, That means I've done something good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. And for sure, a lot of the time it is somebody just scrolling through and then you're kind of stopping and going, oh, I never thought about that before. And they're just kind of seeing it. And that's one of the super positive aspects to places like social media where you can access all this information through hashtags and posts and stuff. So that's fab. So, like, let's have a chat about being non-binary from the legal perspective you're in a bit of a I was going to say no man's land but (laughs) kind of a gray area I suppose um legally speaking in Ireland tell us about that
1: yeah so it's just um, unfortunately it's the case that legally we technically don't exist in the sense that because of the fact that like you're required to have your it's really your sex, but they label it as gender because like anything you always conflate the two, unfortunately. But you're legally required to have that as an identifier, as a marker on like you know, your parts or all of that. Unfortunately, non-binary people can't be recognized can't be legally recognized so like the one thing that's kind of like frustrating for me specifically is that i'm a canadian citizen through my dad so i've got citizenship there if i wanted to i can just fill out a form and have my gender identity marked as non-binary as x my passport would have x so it would i'd be legally recognized as the person that i am i don't have that option here in ireland so any of my documentation will have m and like just in general trans healthcare in ireland is just terrible it's and yeah. it's like just the struggles that t- binary trans people have to go through to try and just get recognized as the authentic their authentic selves is dep- it's depressing how terrible it is but like they can even at the end of that struggle, get that marker that says you are who you are. Non-binary people, we don't have that. We don't get that. And it's, it is kind of very frustrating. And I think stemming from the legality perspective, part of the bigger problem as well is just even say public spaces like public bathrooms non-binary people we're like where you <laughs> know where where are we supposed to go because we're neither but you're like it, we're forced to go into one and that's another kind of form of I guess social microaggressive violence that we come up with every day but yeah it really sucks that we're not legally recognized I know right now at the moment in the UK there is a campaign going to get the x on the passports so hopefully if that gets pushed through and it becomes legal there it might follow suit here Mm -hmm. but yeah Yeah. the moment unfortunately (laughs) we're like schrodinger's person we neither exist or don't exist we're just
0: yeah it (laughs) it has huge impacts like your gender is on everything like driving license Mm passports like said but even like bathrooms so if you were to go into a you know a men's bathroom you risk violence in there from guys who are like why are you wearing makeup and if you go into the women's bathroom you risk violence from people who are going why are you a man in the women's bathroom and you're like where do we go (laughs) like you just want to pee in peace like that's Yeah, this is why we should just have just lots of cubicles for everybody. You know, this yeah. is and also I would just prefer that anyway, but um that's you know, it's a comfort thing too. But yeah, the legal aspect is obviously quite worrying and means that you have to uh, would you say misgender yourself? Would that be the correct terminology?
1: Yeah, like essentially um every time that I'm required to fill out a form I'm having to actively misgender myself and Like, the thing is, even if it's, like, like, just as a general thing with, like, some non-binary people who fluctuate between the gender binary, which I tend to do at times, like, if I'm feeling more feminine or more masculine, like, there'd be times that I'd love to be able to just kind of go, I'm not actually feeling like X today, I'm feeling like F, I'm feeling feminine, but I can't do that because all my paperwork has M for man or male, All has all that down. So I can't even kind of put how I'm feeling to like, I have to actively misgender myself. It's, it just sucks. It's really just not nice. Like, um, but yeah, so that's like kind of like why I have the overall plan of like, I'm just going to eventually move to Canada because at least there I can legally exist as the person I am.
0: I know, but that's you shouldn't have to emigrate, yeah, to, you know, like so. <laughs> change a little letter on, on some forms. That's not where we should be. Are there any groups campaigning for this to get changed at the moment in Ireland that we couldn't throw our support behind?
1: There's no active groups that I'm aware of, but I know that like Tenny in general does a lot of awareness raising for kind of the non-binary issue, like just in their overall like brilliant activism to do for transgender people in this country a lot of that activism is also but for non-binary people as well so that would be my one push would be towards Tenny because I'm not actually aware of any specific non-binary only groups that are act- doing active campaigning.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I think I've heard yeah that Tenny are because obviously the Gender Recognition Act in Ireland only goes so far it doesn't include absolutely everything yeah. so I think I have heard from them that they would like it to be a bit more inclusive so if anyone's interested in you know throwing their support behind that campaign they're at teni.ie so it's t-e-n-i dot i-e um, and they're a great bunch of people anyway so it's nice to be supportive of them so look hopefully um, you know this time next um, non-binary awareness week we won't have that same conversation we'll have a more pleasant one with you still in Ireland not having to emigrate there so so we'll see. We'll hopefully get there.
1: Fingers crossed. Yeah.
0: But you also expand this conversation through art and performance art, which I'm kind of obsessed with because I think, you know, talking, you know, reaches some audiences, but it doesn't reach everyone. And we also are very visual creatures, too. So how do you use the performance art aspect to, to talk about gender and, and to kind of, again, smash down the, those kind of cultural norms around gender?
1: Yeah, well it's like it, it it that's kind of like relatively newish territory for me but um like I've started like kind of really getting into like burlesque and doing burlesque classes and then also kind of getting into like sensual movement and stripping and I want to get into pole as well that's on the list of things to get into but so like one of my, i guess my first kind of public piece um was for this crowd they're known as the Pandora's box they did like some online showcases like fabulous and like sex work positive showcase and like I did a piece kind of which was kind of like visually telling my story of accepting myself and I did it to the song this is me from the greatest showman that Keela Settle sings magnificently um but so that was one thing I did and I've released that onto my YouTube channel as well which is also Fishnet Scent Philosophy but I also like to kind of even though it's social media I like to describe like TikToks as a form of performance art because it's visual medium. Oh, and so
0: yeah so
1: through my TikTok like I like to do a lot of those like you know kind of transition ones where on one side I'm typically masculine and then on the other side I'm typically feminine or flipping it up and going androgynously and just kind of doing different makeup looks and showing that someone can have facial hair and do nice makeup looks and like it doesn't matter and yeah just showing off the different like new clothing items that I have bought and just kind of through the pieces that I do like trying to de-gender fashion in that way by showing that people can wear clothing regardless of what they look like you know clothing is just a piece of fabric on your body it doesn't matter but that's kind of like I've been touching those waters but I've got so many ideas of more video pieces that I want to do but yeah I think like your like visual learning it really helps like kind of just seeing seeing someone like for me like as coming to visual learning when I was like first kind of started to question my gender what really helped was watching Queer Eye and seeing Jonathan Van Ness on Queer Eye seeing this beautiful person with facial hair long hair but also like strutting in heels and kind of just being fabulous it's that thing of like just seeing another person that either looks like you or is dressing a way that you want to dress like just seeing that can be so like empowering and like validating and affirming so that's like my performance art with my TikToks and stuff like that so yeah no, but um, it
0: is it's like I you know I'm a massive fan of um looking at like the power of fabric to to kind of have these conversations and you know I've given a couple of workshops and, that, and I really enjoy it because it's just like this one little piece of fabric has the potential to question everything that we know and that's why I absolutely love it but you know some of your Instagrams um I can't do TikTok it just stresses me out because I'm like I can't this it's enough to be done real at the moment but like some of your TikToks are your um, well they're TikToks on Instagram um, and you're there kind of strutting around in lingerie and stuff like that and it is it's like technically it's just fabric but you're using it to you know make a statement about gender about um, sexually attractive bodies about how we move um, also about censorship as well because obviously you have to play the game of censorship online and social media mm-hmm. and it's like literally like the revolutionary power of like a garter belt or a pair of knickers like and I really like that and I think you use that really well and it, it, is there a lot of thought that goes into that of like okay I'm going to wear this outfit and I'm going to do this or what What happens there?
1: Yeah like, um, like particularly if I'm going to be doing a makeup look because I love to like combine like my eyeshadow with a pop of color that's in the clothing I'm wearing I really like like combining the two You're so like all
0: about the coordination
1: oh very <laughs> much so like um my dad is a uh, artist by trade like does oil paintings so oh, I sad. have like the artist eye from my dad so I'm wearing a red dress which is why I have red eyeshadow um <laughs> today um <laughs> for the viewers that can't or listeners who can't see <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so for the like TikToks I make or even just like red pictures on Instagram and stuff like that yeah like I really like like to decide kind of what makeup look I'm going to be doing and then match the outfit with it but also as well I just again I used to hate shopping for clothing like before like when I thought I was a man I used to hate shopping for clothing I used to hate shopping for clothing but also whenever I would buy clothes I would buy what I used to say oh I just like comfort I would buy big baggy roomy clothing really what it was was that I hated my body and didn't want to show off that I didn't have a six pack I wasn't the way a man should look (laughs) so I had all of that and then once I kind of started to really come into myself and kind of embrace myself as someone who is non-binary combined with kind of getting into burlesque as well all of that happening at the same time really gave me my relationship to my body back so now I love buying new clothes like it's probably gone to the point where I'm probably buying more than I need to wear but (laughs) I wear everything yeah (laughs) you'll
0: get around to it sometimes exactly exactly
1: but I love just buying new clothes and also buying things that someone with my body is not typically supposed to be wearing. So like crop, like I've got a belly, so I like to wear crop tops and show off like, you know, be cute like that, but also yeah, lingerie. And that's another thing like, lingerie just looks fantastic on anyone so i don't know why it's considered as something that's only for women it just looks great on everyone who's wearing it that's why i want to de fashion because i just want more beautiful people to look beautiful <laughs> um yeah, but yeah sure. so like,
0: it's just fabric you know and we get so head up and like no that's for boys no that's for girls and <laughs> that's where you have to stick to it's yeah it's unusual and it changes over time like blue used to be for mm-hmm. girls and red slash pink used to be for boys and it's like like, okay, let's let's kind of mix that up a bit. But I wonder, like, you know, you're talking about all that and it, it's like, you're so, you sound so switched on about it. Especially for someone who's new-ish to, you know, this, you're only a year into that. And I wonder, you know, you've spoken there about the process of coming out and finding the right label and everything like that. But I think you still get that stereotype of, oh, you're just confused about your gender and it mm-hmm. seems like everything you've said, you're just like, no, there was a lot of thinking going on. <laughs> like, if there wasn't a lot of confusion before. Now it seems like, you know, you've thought a lot about this. You've had your reasons for it. So what would you say to those people who would say, oh, well, they're just confused?
1: Well, like, the one thing I, I would say, like... Is, can swear by the way you, it's okay <laughs> Yeah, okay um but yeah, I've, there, I've, there'd be a lot of expletives but no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like like the thing is like i would say nobody can know another person's internal existence so like when you see someone who proclaims i'm non-binary or i'm genderqueer or, i'm trapped like whatever it is that they proclaim that they are they aren't just arriving at that at a whim. Like, it's something that they've been thinking about and that's where they feel comfortable. So so anyone who interacts, like, interacts to that with, oh, they're just confused or it's just a phase and all those phrases that just need to go in the bin. um, Again, I think that's just coming from that almost... I like, like to kind of go into like the maybe like the therapeutic language but like almost like their inner child that hasn't been nurtured like for me the reason that I am so like I guess confident in myself now and just love dressing the way I want to dress is because I am nurturing that inner child that i ignored for most of my life so they're thriving which is why i'm thriving but i think that's why a lot of people interact from that because it's they're not nurturing that part of themselves that wants to be free and i think that's the thing as well like when you look at like kids like children like before they've been bogged down by norms of society about gender about how people like they don't have any of that they're just existing as little beings and it's beautiful and I think a lot of people are like it's that part of themselves that's kind of screaming out to be free and they're not listening to that part of themselves that's what I think it is um yeah. as on a like a wider scale there's like
0: there's a lot of fear in. yeah
1: there. definitely I think it's definitely a lot of fear and don't get me wrong like I like to say I'm very confident in myself like I still have moments of and I think it's something that all unfortunately queer people come up against but I still have those moments of like depending on where I'm going should I dress how I want to dress like I have to think about my safety and it angers me that that's something that even has to come across my mind, but it does. Um, So yeah, there's, there is a lot of like fear, even for someone who's come into themselves, that fear is still kind of present, but it's not fear about living as yourself. It's more fear about how other people are going to react to you living as yourself.
0: Yeah. That's and that's one of the main arguments of like, oh, why do we still need um pride and it's like, you know, people are attacked all the time for for being queer and and, you know, discriminated against in many many ways and like you just said you you have to monitor your outward appearance in order to not be subject to violence. So, of course, we we need in, you know, awareness weeks and stuff like that. So, um and long may they last because even if there was no violence, it would still just be nice to be able to find other people and find your community and, and everything else so it's it's lovely like that so um what are um the rest of your plans for this week for your, your visible week your where you're hoop- yeah. hyper visible um,
1: and <laughs> yeah well like tomorrow so this episode will come out after it and um, but tomorrow i'm doing instagram live where i'm just going to be doing a look i'm probably going to do something with non-binary flag colors like it's kind of frustrating because the flag is nice but it's not the nicest color scheme to work with so it's kind of like it's always a bit tricky like the trans flag color scheme is so much softer and just pastel colors and it's beautiful but like non-binary is like harsh black harsh purple yellow white it's not the nicest scheme to work with yeah yeah but I guess it makes sense because of how eclectic non-binary identity is um. but still not the nicest color scheme to work with but I'm going to do that like an Instagram live and just kind of like a QA for anyone who might have questions about being non-binary or just in general questions that's kind of my main plan the rest of the week I'd probably just again just share stuff on my various social medias and all that and um, raise awareness through existing and what I share and um, probably do some form of a written piece as well like i have my blog as well so i might do something on that um okay, but yeah like that's easy. the main plan yeah well yeah. try to be that's the main plans anyway
0: okay for yeah. the
1: rest of the week <laughs>
0: and your well the instagram live will stay on your account i really want to afterwards yes
1: i'll keep it up yeah, yeah. so, so yeah people great. will be able to see it yeah
0: fantastic yeah,
1: that's... <laughs>
0: yeah and where can people find you if they want to go check that out
1: yeah, so um, I'm doing like I like to be organized and kind of have the same name as everywhere as much as I can. So my handle, my name is Mix MX Bell B E L and then Morrigan, so M O R R I G A N. So it's that username on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook as well, on Reddit. Not that I use that, I've read it is confusing. Um <laughs> on TikTok. And yeah, so kind of just anywhere. That's my main username. And then my YouTube channel is Fishnets and Philosophy and my podcast.
0: Fab. Yes, your podcast definitely one to listen to as well. I also love the name Fishnets and um, Philosophy. I love it because people <laughs> think they're mutually exclusive and they're absolutely not. They can be brought together as you have done in a fabulous way. So fab. Um. So listen, Bill, it's been absolutely amazing chatting to you. Thanks, Mel. And yeah, hopefully you have a fab week. And also you're still going to be non-binary after this week. So <laughs> a fab everything else <laughs> as part of that. So thanks, Mel, for chatting to me.
1: It was an absolute pleasure, thank you for having me on
0: and i'd urge all the listeners to have a look at some of the hashtags over on twitter you've got um international non-binary awareness we I, essentially you know if you put in non-binary it's going to come up with, with lots of different topics and stuff as well and obviously bell has some great content um on their account as well so have a look at that enjoy if you want to reach out and um, ask me any questions the twitter and instagram is
1: at glow west podcast
0: and i will chat to you next week